Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Michael Denk, currently the Associate Pastor at St. Joseph Parish in Amherst. Welcome, Father. Thanks for having me again, Tim. Yep, it's great to see you again. We're going to continue our discussion uh, from the UCAT, uh, Section 1, about what we believe as Catholics, and we're going to talk about the Christian profession of faith in Section 2. And Question 25 of the UCAT asks, why does the faith require definitions and formulas? So why does the faith require it? It's probably more so, why do we require it? You know, we, and the reason is because we can find ourselves getting so deluded. The enemy's working, and he can, he can completely distract and, and confuse us. And so we're given the profession of faith so that we have something that we can um, always go back to. You know, it's, it's our common core belief. It's, it's what, what Jesus has revealed to us about himself, about the church, and about his plan for us. So in the church, condensed formulas of faith developed over a course of time. So they weren't, you know, right there at the beginning, but it was as we were trying to figure out what this means and what our mission is and, and how Christ is still working today. And with their help, you know, with, with the help of these formulations, we can then contemplate, you know, like ponder, and then begin to learn, and before we know it, actually be able to express it and hand it on and celebrate it. So the whole catechism is written in order of the creed. You know, this, uh, this wonderful gift to us, these succinct, uh, definite, precise words about what it is we truly understand. And before there was any division in the church, not only between Protestants and, and Catholics, but between the East and the West, between Orthodox and, and Roman Catholic, before there was any division, we have these professions of faith. So these are, are, are at the core of what we all believe and, and through Revelation have come to some agreement on. So that's why the church attaches such great importance. It's why we say it every Sunday at Mass, you know, why we profess the creed, so that we, every Sunday, we're saying and knowing and understanding what we believe in. So and we also say it when we say the rosary, too. When you say the rosary, you say too, the exactly. rosary every day, you're saying the creed every so these, single day. Yeah, and these sentences, which the church, by the way, painstakingly came up with. I mean, this was, this was because there were so many heresies going on in the church and, and people as they were trying to come to understand would say things that were absurd you know that Jesus wasn't wasn't God he was just someone here on this earth well we know in, in, in our creed that Jesus is the son of God you know that he is the the, the, the revelation of the father and so they're, they're there really to protect the message of Christ from any misunderstanding or any falsification or any distortion. So that's why we have the creed, so that we can simplify and protect um, what Christ has revealed to us. So these, as I said before, this common faith is the foundation for our our church's unity. I remember my freshman year at Hoban High School here in Akron. We had a test, and I don't know how I got it in my head, but I put that Jesus Christ was half man, Mm. and half God. Yeah. 
and being the uh, being taught by the brothers of Holy Cross of, of Notre Dame, he he made it. You know, he made me an example in front of the class in a nice way. He, right. he didn't step on my toes too bad, but he made it so clear. And the creeds do this also that Jesus Christ is fully, fully God, human, fully divine, and fully yeah. man in every way except sin. Right. So th- that was one of my. But that's a very rational way of thinking about it. We think in terms of. One plus one is two. You right. Know? So 100%, Jesus right? was 50% human, 50%. Now, that's kind of a normal thought, but re- Revelation has revealed to us that he's, no, it's 100 He's He is fully divine, fully divine, and fully human. That's the mystery that we can't wrap our minds around, and it's expressed in the creed. You know, so that when we kind of... And, and we're all supposed to do this, supposed to try to understand and wrap our minds around it. The creed is a way to kind of simplify all of it for us, the combination of scripture and tradition and, and revelation, so that we don't have to go off on crazy tangents and waste all of our <laughs> energy mm-hmm. in something that is very simply not true. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that was an eighth grade understanding. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. And as I was maturing in high school, I mean, it was it was. One of the things that I remember 40-some years later that really helped me understand who God is and who Jesus is. Because there's many adults that believe that. You know, there's many Catholics that believe, uh, and there are some, unfortunately, that believe that he, he's just a symbol. He, he wasn't divine. He was, he was a prophet or a good person. When, in fact, Christ was saying, I am. I am who am. You know, he, mm-hmm. he revealed to us that he is God fully. And at the same time, he's human, you know, so, so that we could experience and touch him. And uh, that's where the creed kind of safeguards us from going off on crazy tangents. And, and the creeds were all developed out of this, out of heresies that people, um, you know, these ideas that people would come up with and they would have to think, well, uh, is that true? And, and after working together and, you know, revelation and, and tradition, and scripture came to these succinct definitions so that we could un- know and understand that that's that's what we believe very simply you know it's simple but but I got a knock on my door the other day from a Jehovah witness oh yeah and uh they they always start out by asking you if you believe in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and what's interesting is they believe that he's the son of god but they don't believe he's god right so again the, the this was an early so they're, heresy they're having, in the church. Exactly, and they, they they have that hard time wrapping their minds around that hundred percent, hundred percent, you know, fully human, right. fully divine. Um, well, their their belief is more of a zero percent, hundred percent, you know. Right. Um, but really, that's that's what the creed safeguards for us that we we can very simply know who God is and, and how he reveals himself to us. Now, hopefully that we all, as the catechism does, it expounds upon it and takes us into that understanding so that we can get to why these definitions are made mm-hmm. and, and truly understand them. But sometimes it's easy. You know, the old kiss, keep, keep it simple, stupid. The creed helps us keep it simple. So, so what is a creed or what are the creeds, Father? So the creeds are brief formulas. So they're, they're intended to be brief so that, you know, the early church who couldn't, when, when scripture and tradition were being passed on orally, not everyone can memorize the whole Bible. I don't have it memorized, but you could memorize the creed. You know, the creed is something that you could do. So it's supposed to be brief and it's supposed to make that faith, make it possible for all believers to make a common profession. So it's something that we can all say together that we all believe without a shadow of a doubt. 
And, you know, that's the whole notion that we have something to say that we all believe in and we can say it together Mm -hmm. across the whole world and across the whole church. So the great, you know, the, the Nicene Creed developed after years and years. So first we had the Apostles' Creed, which is, is, is the briefer one, and something that the early church did. You know, so back then, of course, not everybody knew the entire Bible, but they knew the Apostles' Creed. They, they knew the basics and the, the utmost uh, things that we, that we hold on to about the faith. And after that evolved, again, because of some of the, the heresies, we had those two great councils, the Council of Nicaea and the Council of Constantinople. So the Nicene Creed is highly esteemed because it, it, it came about because of those councils, those gathering together of all the, the, the wisdom figures of the church. And we had that common basis. And, and even still today, the Christians of East and West still believe in the Nicene Creed. We hold that core belief together. And in fact, we, we believe virtually everything the same as our uh, Orthodox brothers yeah. and sisters, mm-hmm. don't we, Father? Yeah, we do. And we, we, um, we desire full um, union with them. And we actually, their, their sacraments are valid. Um, they don't hold the same beliefs necessarily that we do about us. So um, we, we welcome any Orthodox to receive communion because they believe in the same thing that we do. However, the Orthodox faith probably wouldn't want that or allow that. Um, again, because we're not, we're not in full union right now. Yeah, uh, John Paul II made lots of strides and efforts to unite. Yeah, he did. In fact, I, he called each side, the East and the West, the two lungs of the church. The two lungs, and that's a beautiful image, two lungs of the church. You know, if you think about that, both breathing together, working together, um, and, and, and we are. And, and we believe, too, that Jesus will unite us, that he'll bring us uh, to that fullness. So, but again, the creeds are something that we have to go by. And, and the, the very first, the earliest creed w- came from the mouths of Jesus. You know, his creed, credo, his belief that he wanted us to know, the one thing he wanted us to know was to go and baptize and so at baptisms, too, we always profess the faith. So the godparents and the parents and everybody gather there. Before that child is baptized, the priest says, he, he invites them to profess their faith. And that afterwards, he says, this is our faith, and it's into this faith which the child will be baptized. You know, so that, that's what we believe from Jesus early on, um, professing us to go and baptize all nations in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we're also renewing our our baptismal promises that uh, for those of us who were baptized as babies that our parents and our godparents made right, for yeah, us. Right, yeah, and we have that wonderful opportunity to renew that. You know, every time we pray the rosary, every time we we're at, we're at Mass, we can profess what we truly believe. And, uh, and, and that's a wonderful thing. So Jesus, as he, you know, gave us that initial commandment to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the 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 drive of this is to bring about what we believe in the creed. So all all of the creed, they all are an elaboration of Jesus's trinitarian, you know, go go and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And every creed we're saying we believe in the Father and we believe in the Son and we believe in the Holy Spirit, and they kind of expound on that so that we really understand who and what it is that we believe in when we try to profess this great mystery of the Trinity. So the, treeds, the, the, the creeds help this mystery become expressible. 
St. Augustine uh, said, Let the creed be like a mirror for you. Look at yourself in it to see whether you really believe all that you claim to believe. And rejoice every day in your faith. Oh, that's a beautiful statement, too. And, and we should look at that. Really look at what we're professing. You know, they shouldn't be empty words. But really, as we profess them, come to, to wrestle with and think about what it is that we're professing. You know, that we really believe these words that are so powerful and encapsulate the, the, the truth of our faith. I've always said, know what you believe and why you believe it. That's a beautiful, yeah, that we should know why as well. Not just, it's, it's very important. Uh, just a reminder to our listeners that Faith with Father is a great teaching tool to use at your parish along with the UCAT. You can listen to any archive show, then go by number, and they cover the entire UCAT. So just go to livingbreadradio.com, go to the programming tab, and click on Faith with Father. Uh, we've been listening to Father Michael Dank. Father, could we have your uh, blessing on our listeners, please? The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My grandson always ends a prayer. Amen. He's three years old. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. This is Tim Perry, and until next time, may the light of the Father shine upon you and yours. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.